Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the WWE Monday Night Raw review. I'm Michael Hamflick from What Culture, and I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on last night's edition of Monday Night Raw. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only review and preview Raw, also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, Dynamite Collision. Premium live events, pay-per-views, we hold interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a little quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. What quiz? A bloody good quiz. Not this month, not for a while. Uh, and this is going to be a slightly different Raw review. Um, as you can tell, my voice continues to want to tap out. So even if I could do the recaps justice like Wilborn does, my voice won't allow it today. So I wanted to keep those fairly short anyway. And then... WWE made doing this review difficult because this was a very match-heavy Raw. It took a minute, and I don't mind admitting my insensitivity when I thought, ah, this is like quite low effort. This is very Triple H sending them out there to do five to seven more minutes than they really need in almost every match on this show. And then it did sort of occur to me that because the SmackDown tribute show was quite a beautiful bit of business that maybe the raw one wouldn't be, where in reality this is, what, three days later? Yeah. And you only need to sort of look back to Becky Lynch just kind of letting the tears flow, I guess, as raw was going off the air, to be reminded that this is a company that it's just lost its co-worker, that has just lost a friend, a brother, all that sort of thing. And in reality, uh, maybe payback go-home show stuff or big angle developments just maybe wasn't at the front of anybody's mind. Like, the wrestlers all creative for that matter. It was probably that. You know, we got... Here, you know, there was tributes to Bray, to Terry Funk, to Bob Barker, who left quite a unique legacy as one of the only good guest hosts, I would say. There's about three. Yeah. He's certainly one of and them. And he was one of them. So, like, I don't know, like, the spectre of death, I guess, hung over this one. And with that in mind, it sort of feels unfair to be too harsh on a Raw that was... Like, it was pretty moribund. But then I did have to have a bit of a word with myself and say, look, this is this company is more than permitting a little bit of mourning here before we kind of return to the normal cut and thrust. Aye. Uh, look, it was understandable um, how, you know, it wasn't like, come to Monday Night Raw, welcome to Monday Night Raw, the show's going to be fantastic, we're all going to have a great time um, because of just the vibe surrounding the company, as mm. you say. Um, there were elements of the show that I quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. There's something like the Damien Priest stuff, right? It's weird. You're, I like the Judgment Day because I like singing the stupid song that we do. Yeah. You love the Judgment Day. A lot of people love the Judgment Day. Yeah. It's not that great to me. Like, I'm not electrified. Um, I'm not watching it like I would something like MJF or the Punker or MJF and Cole and going, I cannot wait for next week's development. Like, what's going to happen next? What yes. twist and turn is it going to take? Um, because you kind of can see it all coming. You just don't quite know when. But this approach by Triple H, he gets away with it, is like, uh, it's a lot of very, very basic, we need to do this in this order because this is the way that makes sense and has always worked. But because he's committed when he does it, um, because he's uh, conditioned his really enthused fan base to mm-hmm. believe that who he's pushing matters and will go on to do bigger and better things. Something like this Damien Priest p- 
push. As much as week to week, I'm just, oh, it's good when I watch it. I don't think I ever would by choice. Yeah. Eventually, very soon, there's going to be a PLE where he wins the title. And it's going to feel pretty enormous. And you think, how oh, the bloody hell have they done that? And it's, you know what a football manager says? I oh, know he's been putting in the yards in training. You don't see it. Yeah. But, you know, he's been coming in early. He's been practicing the same thing over and over and over again to get it right. It's like, you wouldn't want to watch that. No. But the end result is he does some magic on a Saturday at 3 o'clock. Numbing free kick drills, ball after ball. After yeah. Ball, into the hundreds a day. That's Triple H's. For that one to go right on a that's, Saturday. That's Triple H's booking to me. <laughs> that's almost too good an analogy because you got me thinking about Damian Priest specifically there. We talked, was it last week or the week before, on the Dynamite review about how frustrating it's been to like wait around for a thing that never really comes. So you do invest, and then they're kind of like lately, like AW's not been sticking the landing as well with all its big programs. Like the landing is the thing you remember in WWE, isn't it? Yeah. Like they they welcome you forgetting a lot of like and this role's a prime example of it and again I'm kind of giving you the caveats at the top there but there's plenty of roles that are the same they'll welcome you forgetting the odd details because they'll put it nicely into a video package for you when it counts the most so you'll see the build up to a PLE you'll get your video and then you'll get the big moment you know we're going to talk about payback later in the week it's wacky August wacky August it'll roll into wacky September um, and yes we're not going to be uh, in the office on Friday so we're going to kind of bundle together the television and pay-per-view previews for both AEW and WWE at the end of this week. And I guess we'll talk about this a bit more when we go into the payback card. This is the most, I would say, on paper at least, the most underwhelming PLE, maybe of WWE's year. It's been a fabulous year for the most part. Um, and this one feels slightly underwritten. And uh, it's the first time, I guess, in 2023 where my expectations have been slightly lower and someone like, I guess, you know, we'll go into it on the review here, but I guess an act like the Judgment Day, who were featured just across all of it, it's a night for them to show, like, are you worth all the television time? Because the storyline developments are fairly minimal. What you get is time. What you get is opportunities to just, like, be these characters. And people enjoy watching you. And now a lot of this pay-per-view is going to be carried by what's happening in your yeah. little dynamic, you know, like, how will that have a knock-on effect? And I think, like, everything's related. Hmm? Judgment Day's heavy presence on this PLE compared to the relative lack of hype for this PLE. Well, maybe. We've seen this before. There have sometimes been like B-shows that kind of take a gamble on untested main event acts. And they're like, well, you know, like every now and then John Cena would take a show off. It's like, we're going to rely on you this time. Let's see how it goes. And it does. there's an element of that where it feels a bit like that. Like Cody's in an interview segment, which... Roman's may, not on it. Roman's not there. Um, and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel... Big time, and I think that, like, but we'll see, I guess, you know, that's for next week, but, like, and it does start with Damien Priest and Sami Zayn on Raw. Um, again, I'm terrible at, like, recapping the matches, not least when they seem to be existing just for the sake of themselves. This went 12 minutes, and you basically had moves exchanges between Sami Zayn and Damien Priest, of which we've seen far more electrifying versions in these multi-mans that have been main event in Raw seemingly every week. For too us. many. Yeah, too many, I agree. There was definitely a point where this peaked. Um, so the singles match didn't really feel that much until we get the plot at the end, like the one sort of interesting developing narrative thread in the Judgment Day at the moment is the placement of J.D. McDonough. It's the only thing where Rhea Ripley every week says, we need to get this together. Damien Priest and Finn Balor every week exhibit feelings of distrust towards one another. Dominic every week kind of like tries to hide behind Rhea Ripley and just be happy with his place while getting up to no good with some of the other babies yeah. on Raw. J.D. McDonough's attempt to get into this stable either via Finn Balor or alongside Finn Balor has been the only thing that's kind of built as the weeks have gone on. And this is what we had here. Uh, he runs down at the end as Sammy appears to be uh, going for the Louver kick on Damian Priest. And he pulls the leg. So he stops uh, Sammy's in from hitting the Louver kick. Um, and when Sami Zayn realises that Jaden McDonough turns around to try to swipe for him, turns back around and gets beaten clean with the South of Heaven by Damien Priest. So it's another one of them statement victories, I guess, for Priest. At which point, Priest, uh, Jaden McDonough seems to want the kind of um, the credit and the respect from Jaden McDonough. He goes for the handshake, but Priest shoves him away, makes it very clear that he's not part of the Judgment Day, he's not part of the Judgment Day business still. Nothing has changed on that front. At which point, Kevin Owens 
has arrived to help out his partner. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn kick JD McDonough's ass, as they should do, while Damien Priest just stands on the ramp and has a look. There's more development later on, because like I say, I believe this is the one developing element of this. I like the story. I just, I, this is the story of this Raw, like 12, 13 minutes of moves exchanges to get there. Didn't feel like Some of them the juice was worth a squeeze. I know, this is so little to talk about. Uh, the crowd was quite up for it, I'll say that. Uh, at least in the last, in the second half of the matches. Um, what I liked about this one, right, is that they're telling you, really, that Damien Priest has internally made the decision that I think I could be a big star. I kind of want to start winning the right way. Yeah. Bala doesn't. Bala can sort of see this within Priest, has the issue. Now he's potentially puppeteering J.D. McDonough. Mm-hmm. So what I liked about the back and forth ebb and flow of this one is that Priest wrestled like he just wanted a fair competitive fight pretty much and was resentful of McDonough for kind of like muddying that idea. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the free kick drill. Put it in the postage stamp. Put it in the postage stamp. Put it in the postage stamp. If you do it five times out of ten on the Monday, you'll do it twice as often on the Tuesday, and you'll do it seven or eight times so that on Saturday... Even with the pressure on, you've probably got a chance of putting it in. Yeah. Sorry if you don't watch football. <laughs> um, again, they are showing you time and time and time and time and time again that Priest is ready as a character and a talent to become that leading babyface. Yeah. And he wants to turn babyface and all the rest of it. Um, I've seen it a lot, but the more the fans see it, the more they believe in it, and the more they start to like it. And it's nothing I haven't seen this match wasn't particularly great, but there were flashes where there's some really cool competitive back and forth, some really nice counters where I thought Priest could be the guy, and they're just prep, 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 prepping him for this. I feel like I know the answer to this, and it pretty much defines our different tastes in pro wrestling when they are different or at their most different. It, like, is that not achievement enough? I know this is like me saying that to you almost like offends your sensibilities. No, Hamlet, want more from the thing that you love. But, like, loads of people said Damien Priest was crap for years and years and yes. years. There was plenty of evidence to suggest they might have been right. Uh, stuff like this is when I think this machine functions really well. Oh, I, I, I don't like, want to watch a machine to function. And I, and I, this is, yeah, this is, like, I, I'm kind of impressed by that. That I, I am, me. but the action isn't so great. Yeah. Like, put it this way, I could watch a very simple story that I could reduce in the same terms, right? I'm watching a variation on a theme every single week, right? Orange Cassidy's international title range has pumped into my head mm-hmm. because it is very, very similar week in, week out. But I think the action's better. I think the level of thought that goes into it, I think it is the most cohesive, proper AEW story, or at least one of them that they've told all year. Yeah. And there's just such a wonderful stylistic difference in the matches to make it all the more engaging and compelling to me. Yeah. Um, Ultimately, wrestling's about wrestling, and I just find a lot of what WWE do to be a complete blur. They've settled on... The WWE style's a bit of a misnomer because the style itself has changed, but when they change to a style, they stick to that style, if that makes any sense. With the the Attitude Era, it was very brawn to the crowd. The main event was brawn to the crowd, loads of ref bumps and all the rest of it. Um, Years before that, it was power, power, power move, 10 bells to the corner. There were obvious differences mostly, but they had a lane and they stuck mm-hmm. to it, as, as was the style at the time. They've now settled on, like, super indie adjacent back and forth. It's back and forth, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Here we go. And because there's no one who's, like, awesome with submissions or on the mat other than Gable, like, I know it just feels like they all operate within such a similar mode of style that it just it gets a little bit boring to me. Whereas yeah, yeah. Cassidy has matches with Jarrett that are completely different mm-hmm. to his matches with Utah, and then he's just done Stadium Stampede and his match with Moxley is going to be like a deathmatch adjacent thing, like a Chicago deathmatch or whatever they're going to do. I don't know. Um, it just feels like there's more thought that goes into it in AEW. Yeah. Like, was it Jarrett first and then Lethal? 
He'd fought lethal twice before Jarrah, I think. Yes, but then yeah. the third one uh, in the international title defense. Yes, I, I think Jarrah. Whichever way yeah, round yeah. it went, it just linked a little bit better. I'd, yes. I'd, I'd more to latch on to, I think, in the think ring work. T- normally, I would never even like try and have this debate because it's rarely been a debate ever. Pretty much all the time we've known each other. But like, what I'm, I guess, what I'm thinking is, is like, if the journey is not terrible. And I appreciate that the journey is not always exciting. There's sometimes nothing to look out the window at instead of just something. And something is not enough. You want to have an exciting journey. But the more the destination is incredibly satisfying, I feel like that elevates a boring journey into something more because you feel like you're on a trajectory instead. I guess. I don't really feel that uh, way. Which, again, it's a feeling. It's the Christopher Moltisanti thing. Put it this way, right? You can remember, because he's so good, like the Buddy Matthews thing where... Buddy Matthews versus Orange Cassidy. It was a new threat to him. Yeah. It was someone who's an absolutely incredible striker and way more powerful than Cassidy, but just as quick. Mm. So I was like, how does he combat this threat? And then he's got this injured hand, right? And then he goes, oh, you know what I can do? I can put the injured hand in my pocket because I can wrestle with no pocket. Then Buddy Matthews just knees him in the face with that incredible bicycle yeah. knee, right? I remember that. Mm-hmm. Tell me something that happened in a singles Damien Priest match three times ago. Oh, yeah. That's the difference for me. A bunch of headlock reversals and coming back after the break to, like, having your signature kicked out of. And That's yeah. the difference mm-hmm. to me. There are exceptions across the card. Gunther Gable, I can remember the, the links yeah. between those matches. I just think they're operating at a level that's... For what little wrestling I get to watch nowadays, that's got to be up there with the best of the best. Like a lot so of the PLE is, matches shoot for it, don't they? Yeah, so this is not necessarily me doing the WWE bad mm. thing because Gunther and Gable, I've told you, like when I was on holiday, I read, oh, this is meant to move great. Will I get the chance to watch it? Me knowing that Chad Gable was allowed to, I believe the kids call it Kook, <laughs> on Raw for a significant left of time with Gunther, who's one of my favorite wrestlers. I'm watching this. I took WWE a WWE match as priority over any AEW catch-up, yeah. first and foremost. So this isn't a WWE bad. It's WWE stylistically homogenous and don't do enough. Like, like the Viking Rules match is one of my favorite matches of the year. Mm-hmm. Gable versus, basically, <laughs> Gable's like the, like the pattern here. There are just so many of these raw singles matches where I was just like, I'm not going to remember this. Some yeah. moves are happening. Oh, yeah. No, I, I did quite like this in the moment, though. I, I don't disagree there. And I, I, I guess, I don't know, I, I, I'm going back and forth on how much of a problem I find this to be at the moment. And I'd, maybe it's something to do with, like, WWE's business. Maybe it's something to do with, like, the... I, I love watching... Because I like this version of WWE. And I like a version of WWE that I feel entertained by. And it's a, again, it goes back to the functioning machine. I am entertained by the functioning machine. And I know how boring that sounds. That's because it is. Yeah. I can't quite articulate this. I am. I was not captivated by this role. I would go as far as I say I was pretty disappointed by it. Because yeah. I'm tending to find it quite but good. But as we said in the intro, it's, yeah, not, yeah, exactly. it's no bloody big deal this week. Yeah, exactly. I would go to the point of saying that it was probably because of that that I was like less locked in. And I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the uh, this mechanism functioning very well is elevating that many characters, and maybe it's only elevating them to a seven rather than to a ten. But I'm getting to watch a load of sevens have the matches, even if the content of the matches is very homogenized. Because there's that's all you're right. That's we've you know you watch decades of WWE to see what it was then and what it was then, and the wrestlers that really dazzle you are the ones that break out the style or innovate the next one. Yeah, and I don't know. I just sort of feel like there's so many wrestlers that I've got at very least like a passing interest in the. Uh, the journeys of, the stories of, and it's that that's, I like, I'm kind of a bit of a superstar guy at the moment. Like, I feel nothing more than watching, like watching Sami Zayn and uh, Damien Priest here didn't make me feel more than watching a superstar squash feature in a wrestler that I was told in 1990, care about this guy because he's about to squash a I loser. think they tell you week after week after week to care, to care, to care. And I think there's a lot of people that they're doing that quite effectively with. It's good promotion. It's not necessarily great booking, That's but it. it's part of half That's the game. exactly Well, it, most yeah. of the game's promotion. And I'll tell you one thing as well. I might have made this up. It's been a long, long weekend, an exhausting weekend. I think what didn't help my reaction to this match and a lot of the tags we've seen, correct me if I'm wrong, was there a decent amount of interplay between... Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens, and the Judgment Day on like is sort of on those months of Raw when 
Kevin and Sammy were still involved in the bloodline business after WrestleMania for a couple of weeks or whatever. Uh, or like before WrestleMania. Before WrestleMania, well. that was the whole point, wasn't it? Like Cody needed those two to be solid. Yeah. To get the job like, done. And there was like interplay between Owens and Zayn and the bloodline. Yeah. Um, and Judgment Day, sorry, off and on and off and on. Yeah. Judgment, Isn't Judgment Day... They did like a, did a special relationship deal, didn't they, where they kind yes. of like solved each other's problems a bit. It yeah. basically just feels like I've been watching derivations of Zayn, Owens, and the Judgment Day with a bit of Cody sprinkled in forever mm-hmm. at this point. Oh, yeah. I can't fault that at all. And we'll get the stipulation for the payback tag team match that was announced on this show for the two. Yes. Um... Aye, speaking of the tag division and maybe a bit of new blood in it, we've got the New Day and the Viking Raiders. Jesus Christ, this went long. That are prepping for their self and Drew and Riddle are going to be out there ringside. We get another beat. Again, th- another perfect example. We've seen this stuff a million times. Riddle's a fun guy. Drew's a bit more serious. Could he be low to the fun side? No, he's probably going to kick his heat yeah. off eventually. Feels like Randy's not coming back anytime soon. We're never going to get the RKO turn, so we'll get this instead. Yeah, because well, that's the, one of the only few things that useless tosser... Riddle's a great wrestler, of course. I just yeah. don't like him. He's there to get his head booted off. But that's it? what they like. They want someone to point out that he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. And they think, right. And, it, you know, it does work as a story. If you've got a character, have someone who, like, differs from him massively because there's always going to be a conflict there. And I like how in Riddle, it's always some normal bloke fed up with his idiocy. Maybe we could wear get match in stoner kilts. Why would I want to do that, Matt? Why? A kilt <laughs> with the marijuana plant yeah. all over it. The, the stoned alien. Yeah. I got you a stoned alien head sporran, Drew. If you don't know what the stoned alien is, I don't know if it was a phenomenon in the uh, college dorm as it was the university halls of residence yeah. in England. We had this poster <laughs> of an alien smoking a spliff with take me to your dealer. Is opposed to leader. Let's see what they've done there. So basically, Actually, no, so sorry, Sage. I don't see what they've done there. You're gonna have to explain that. To All me. right, okay, okay. Right, yeah. So usually, in the event of aliens descending and invading or whatever on the planet, yeah, they would uh, take us to your leader then because we're gonna go to the top table. We're go to the take top table yeah, to yeah. Uh, want to take over or you know collaborate or do business somewhere or other. Yeah, we want to do something <laughs> with your leader. Yeah. This one's a stoner alien. Uh, so swapping the L and the D on the wordplay, because if you notice, leader and dealer have the same letters, just in yeah. a different order. Got it. And this alien likes to get stoned, and cannabis is a drug dealt by a dealer, so they want to go to the dealer instead of the leader, because they're just the alien wants to, like... <laughs> That's alien for I'm stoned already. <laughs> I thought it was, yeah. <laughs> And not super fluent. I love. Like, let's, like, extrapolate a little bit. Yeah, because I don't want to talk about 80 minutes of the next two matches. No, God, no. Aliens all over, like, the multiverses, banging and getting stoned. Still, like, buy the drugs from a dealer. They come to Earth. And like, I know. Do you produce it yourself on your mad space planet? No, and you've got a dealer. you got anyone. Like, you got anyone's phone number. Not being funny, right? But I've got friends, okay? I've got friends yeah. who might have partaken in this sort of thing a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some of them still do. Some of these friends, right? Yeah. If you are mad into your spliffing <laughs> and you just love it and it's like it kind of overtakes your life, I've been told. I'm reliably informed okay. that it can take over your life. Um, it doesn't have any physically addictive properties, but like neither does the amorphous concept of gambling, but people still can get yeah. addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, sex. <laughs> so basically, you're like... You're kind of always looking for your next fix. Uh And my friends have told me that if you start to run low of your supply, even if you're a pretty optimistic guy generally, that bag looks half empty and not half full. So you're thinking, where is it? Ooh, I need to get some more. Uh You can't, unless you're like in America. The dispensary. Yeah, the dispensary. You can't snip to Tesco. No. Get it. So there are certain means that you have to go through to procure uh, this. And sometimes you can only find one person to get it from at a time. Mm -hmm. So your day, your mental health, your life revolves around this person around this time of the week. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get in touch with this person... (laughs) 
where can my friends get it? Yes. If that person is not responding, or if they told you, I can't, told my friends that they can't be around for a few days, uh-huh. it's like, right, I know someone who does it or used to do it, and can I get it off there? Your friends know somebody that used to do it. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't find anyone, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. What I'm saying is, if you're an alien, <laughs> and what is, you know, not about. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because that's what you say. That's what they, that's what they say. You about, mate? Right. It's the universal code for. I'm looking for some of the devil's legumes. Yes. Yeah. These people are so into what they do that if they could go to the expense, and you know, if they could get a spaceship and go to another planet and get it, they would. So that's why they are asking for where the dealer is. Yeah. Because they just love it that much. And are addicted to it, or dependent on it, if you want to be pedantic about the terminology. Yeah. Take me to your dealer. I can't see why Drew McIntyre wouldn't want to open himself up to this world, quite honestly. Yes. Um, don't worry, it's not the match just yet. We've got the, there's a video package for Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley. It's really strong, but there's more of this later on with Rhea Ripley. I think I've done good video package work lately. Just to, like nothing particularly to add. Like it was running through the beats. Raquel, it's a bit of a story of her being just as big a deal as Rhea Ripley. She just hasn't had the opportunity to face a one-on-one properly. And what was it her. that Rodriguez said that was ridiculous? Oh, I, I, I didn't write it down, but I know the exact thing you're on about. Was it? She said something like, "You are only on top." Because you use your size and your strength to your advantage. But now you've got me and I'm the same size. They've decided in their infinite wisdom that try picking on someone your own size yeah. needed to be messed with. <laughs> Let's add some words to that. Let's make that more WWE. <laughs> you are only on... Mommy is only on top because you use your size and your strength to advantage. Well, guess what? I'm tall and a bit of a hoss as well, sort of thing. Yeah, it did. Why did they have to WWEify that? Yeah, I don't know. It did like that specific detail played into what Rhea Ripley she just said. sounded like an idiot yeah. who doesn't talk right. Who I, I just instantly think you know when you've got that incredible visage of like incredibly in condition Raquel Rodriguez who looks like she would kill me, swat me like a fly. Yeah. The words that these idiots use to give them, I just see some little dork hunched over a typewriter. The words are so criminally bad that I no longer see the superstar. I can only see the dork hunched over the laptop. Alien poster. Can you get with the information of your local drug dealer? Yes. <laughs> was it Vince McMahon or was it? Did he give that to another character who didn't know like the basic fairy tales? Jack and the Beanstalk. Vince himself. He was talking about Finn Balor going up against Brock. David and Goliath's story. And he turned it into Super Mario. Yeah. (laughs) Aye. Uh, He might have done it a few times. He was obsessed with fairy tales. Like the Jack and the Beanstalk and the magic beans. Fairy tales and the dog dog shit, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, Aye, John Cena's coming back. Speaking of fairy tales. Arguably a dog shit. For the summer of Cena, like I'm buzzing for the Jonna. Me, I cannot wait. I like, hate the Jonna. I'm ready for. I'm ready for uh, rip into a couple of mid carders. Keep himself busy while his colleagues haven't got much work on. I love the new T-shirt. Keep them as far away from LA Knight as possible. That's can you what, imagine the takedown? Wow, well, well. he's not going to because they're both baby faces. Yeah. But you know, if anything, it probably you Cena as the endorsement. Yeah, that's. I think that's where that goes. Like. Austin Theory, just on the genre for a second, because this is all we get of him, and it's SmackDown rather than Raw coming soon. Um, you know, eight episodes, and uh, you know, you, you've got to think that they'll have a plan for all eight of those episodes. Imagine the resolve to strike after two. I know, yeah, he's committed for the summer. I've got to take fucking bumps. You're kidding? Like the um, the you would assume with the Triple H regime, every single episode will be carefully mapped out. There'll be a couple of fun weeks, like that time he did a tag with Kevin Owens against the Bloodline. There might be a serious story in there. Have you got any thoughts? I haven't got the game teed up. This is just a genuine bit of analysis of WWE's roster at the moment. Go ahead. It's time to play the game! Time to play the game! Ha 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 ha! Did it, did it, did it, did it. Bring up at random a WWE roster member and I will bury them in the style of John Cena. 
I get why Wilborn laughs so much when he fires up the Superstars page. You get the Superstars. It's got all the champions at the top, right? So you got two Romans. Two even, Romans. Even though there's only one belt, it's like two better. There's three belts. There should be three Romans. It, it's one better than Seth. Then you get all the uh, the undercard champions. And then what is remains a defect that nobody has fixed on this website. Because it's completely broken. How big <laughs> are they? The giant women's tag champions. It's the worst website in the world. Right, I... have got uh, freaking pictures of their shows, though, AEW. Shall, yeah. Shall I... What would you like? You've got the, the filter is all superstars, current superstars, free agents, or Raw or SmackDown exclusive. It would be almost cruel because... It's a genre, so it's, you know... I can't do free agents because Von will be on that page. Yeah. And, my God, I dread to think what John C- uh, Cena would say to Von Wagner. I dread to think. <laughs> current superstars, let's make it realistic. Current superstars. And, like, they all just cross brands on a whim these days. Okay. That's fine. Like Ellie uh, Knight, isn't he on SmackDown? He's been on Raw recently. In a Raw feud, yeah. Yeah, stupid. Okay, I am scrolling, I am scrolling, I am scrolling. Stop three. Hmm. If you'd have said four, I would have, and oh my God, I've just thought of something they could do. If you'd have said four, you would have had Duke Bloody Hudson, and might they send the John to NXT as part of the Nick Khan strategy? That would be so awesome. Imagine John do, Cena. They would outdo Dynamite. I would if I was them. Send John Cena. Like, imagine the stuff, the backstage bits he could have and the characters he wants to play with. And like now, because of post-Vince and that, do we need part-timers anymore? Not really. Like, John Cena isn't so valuable. Mm-hmm. He is, but he isn't so fundamental, cr- fundamentally crucial to the operation. Yeah. I reckon they could send him to NXT. It'd do a monster number it would normalise him. And maybe if they... Put Cena on NXT. What? Everyone tunes in. He's a massive star. Then people go, show's go to best show of the week. And then, ipso facto, <laughs> uh, NXT starts beating Dynamite in the old ratings. He'd like fight Duke Hudson, but they'd shake hands and he'd wear a chase you headband or something. Like fit like, around his wrist, his big forearm. Yeah. Like just because he wants he to. He wears those, doesn't he? Blend with the characters. He like tries to fly with Bird Person or something like that. You've picked an entire NXT role with one exception, and it was the number that you've said. So we had Dragon Lee, Drew Gulak, Duke Hudson. John Cena sparring with Duke Hudson and Drow Dempsey. Like, guys, you're so boring. Yeah. <laughs> Who've I got? So you could have had Dragon Lee, Drew Gulak, and Duke Hudson. We've just been speaking about him. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Like, as, as somebody's asked to kick. That might not be bad. Although, John Cena wouldn't be able to help himself. Another goddamn dumb asshole that couldn't step into my shoes. That's, what, that's how he does, though. He just buries people. Yeah. That's... Fine speech, sir. That might do north of the border. But I was down in London recently. And I didn't know those people coming up for you, Drew. He did, John. He got a massive response. Yeah. He did come back. Not as big as mine, Drew. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, John Cena, if you recall, was fond of some homophobia and some light transphobia as well. Oh, God. If he was paired with Drew McIntyre, knowing how that guy's mind works, or knowing how the writers who, you know, do a lot of his material work, right? 
John Cena, how does he do promos? Well, he's an asshole. <laughs> so let's do this. Um, fine speech, sir. Shame I can't take it seriously from somebody wearing a skirt because he's Scottish and that's a kilt. Hey, Drew. <laughs> Looks like your skirt is a little bit out of fashion. But it's okay. I'm John Cena. I'm very hip. I'm with it. I read Vogue. It's like, it's that it's... I watched the Barbie f- I'm in the Barbie film. <laughs> so I know fashion. Drew, if you're looking for some new skirts to wear, <laughs> have a look at the Titan Tron. I've prepared some visual gags. So Drew McIntyre is on the Titan Tron, and he's just basically mocked up because John Cena likes to deal in a bit of light transphobia and bigotry mm-hmm. slash general. And I would say if he's going to do Barry's opponent in the style of John Cena, loads of Drew McIntyre pictures of him in a skirt. And he could even accessorize Drew. You can have a handbag that goes with it. So that would be like skirts because it kills handbags. And you can wear some lipstick to match it. Yeah. And some lipstick. And Drew could say, Enough! I'm not here to do this. I'm here to fade and wrestle. That's how you do that. That's how you make John Cena's... How you make use of John Cena one week. Sounds like 20,000. I'll still kick your arse even if I'm wearing a skirt. Sounds like 20,000 people packed into Survivor Series to me. Roll on thanks. I'd rather wear a skirt than some jean shorts. What is this? 2001? I will not apologise for being an Oppenheimer gay than a Barbie gay. (laughs) (laughs) Ew, he fled dirt. (laughs) Wearing those jean shirts, it's not 2001 anymore, John. <laughs> and I should know. Look at the fucking size of us. <laughs> I was all skin and bones in 2001. I know hey. another legend around here that like bones, Drew. Maybe you could learn a thing or two from him. Lights go off. That's the loyalty and respect. Huh? Let me tell you something about a uh, man. Who knew something about those things? His name was William Wallace, and I'm your Scottish history teacher. And that's how you book a WWE storyline and scene. John, for years, for years, you took our lives, <laughs> you took our freedom. And you're gonna, not going to take my sport. Fine speech, sir. <laughs> Sounds to me like an, as many people in the building reacted to it as they did in 2020 during the pandemic when you were the champion of nobody. If you want to get the respect of these people who I love. Yeah, John, yeah. Kick his ass, John. Then you got to step up because the way I see it, Drew, is that you're just a crushing disappointment. They said you were the chosen one in 2009. Ha! <laughs> No one cared about you in 2020 either. Yeah, I came back in Money in the Bank, and so did you. Where do you come back from? Spitting your dummy out. This is a 24-7 business, Drew. I would take you to the burn unit, Drew, but hey, you get sick so often that I think you already know where it is. <laughs> Hit the music. Throws his cap. <laughs> Please suck my God. That's Cena. Yeah, please suck my Your time cat. is up. Suck my cack. Please suck my cack. You can't see me. Suck my cack. Time is up. The time is now. Time is up. It's time. Time to suck my cack. <laughs> That's how they would have, maybe not now. It's not as bad. Yeah. But if they booked John Cena versus Drew McIntyre in 2021, that's almost verbatim how it would have went. Oh, man. I thought this was going to go really dangerously short, this roll. Oh no, we've got that mouth. The Dolly's magic when we're weaving it. Uh, Miz is out next. And you know what? I thought this absolutely kicked ass. Um, Fine speech, sir. He he came out dressed as uh, Ellie Knight. And it was that great thing. People remember the time we did it as a rock. But there's just enough time for it to be a massive pop. People are really excited that this person's here. And then they're utterly devastated to discover it's the Miz. Yeah. Like that's sort of life imitating art, imitating life, isn't it? But he comes out. I like this. Me too. It's slightly awkward because he does such a good job of LA Knight. It's like he's got a really good impression. The look is spot on. And he they've been doing this a bit, they've been flying a little bit too close to the sun, WWE here. 
He does such a good job of highlighting why there might be a flaw in the old LA Night World domination plan that you're like, maybe shut up a second. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like, you, like, once he kind of, like, reveals that, you know, he's sick of even performing as LA Knight, which uh, he t- he's doing there, oh, yeah, what, yeah, I, I mean, and then he gets halfway through a rock. Give me a hell, I mean, yeah. yeah. Halfway through a rock catchphrase, an Austin catchphrase, goes to give T-shirts out. They're still cheering for the T-shirts, and they're still cheering for the Miz doing the LA Knight bit. And then he has to say, this is the point, you thick idiots. Like, these people come along all the time, and they get you going, hooping and hollering with their free or their daft catchphrases. But when I say I'm awesome, that's not a catchphrase. That's because I am awesome. I am not a flash in the pan. I am not a charlatan, really. Everything that LA Knight is selling you is just magic beans, and you'll be on to the next thing in no time. And the maze, and like this is true, almost painfully so. The maze is still going to be the one that's here every week. Kicking fucking ass. Um, but he's awesome. What has he said? Like, my awesomeness is a reality, not a catchphrase. Cheer catchphrases all you want. Um, you just cheer losers. Uh, it's still my game. And everybody's going to be saying M-I. And he says Z, but I always find it weird because it doesn't sound right in English accent. Z. Oh, yeah. And uh, this was the go-home for the match at Payback, which I think has been really effectively built. No, they've done a good job with it. But if you're going to do shoot season. It kind of be Good, this match, but like it yeah. cannot be. But I think they've done a superb job of building. It'll be over, and over's yeah. more important than good, like what, eight times out of ten? Mm-hmm. Maybe ten times out of ten, you know. <laughs> eight? <laughs> Don't know anything about the business gear. Um, yeah, it was like, ooh, that's the quiet part, and you're saying it out loud, and I yeah. guess that's what the heel should say, but. Have we not had two of these now? Wasn't somebody else that was a bit like. Oh, I've done a roll for you in ages, man. I don't just mean like oh, oh right, like, storylines. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched Raw in years. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's this brand even called now, Bob? <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like there's maybe it's just like to build like like hit row, saying like you're flashing the pan or whatever. Like to build up to these LA night matches, you've got or like heel commentators, or whatever. There's a lot at the moment. It feels floating around WWE of LA night. Is, like, LA night sucks. Is this Triple H trying to like appeal to to Dad while actually pushing him because he wants to? You know how like Vince thinks he's terrible, yeah. Like, but Triple H loves him and gets why you would push this guy. At least strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. I wonder if this is a compromise. And he's like, I mean, I'll push him, but like, if I get one heel to say he's bad, and then Dad sees it, like, or is this Vince getting in on Zoom? Paul, the top guy you got. Tell everybody why he sucks. Yeah, maybe. Uh, another maybe. another hit, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Nah, I just I think Vince is. Uh... Laid up in hospital with those severe injuries. Suffered a quite the unfortunate time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins is brooding backstage. There's a respectful nod between him and Ricochet. That doesn't go anywhere, but like Seth will it, later on. He'll probably pick it up. I think so. That's why, yeah, it sort of feels like that's for Maybe something. should have put him over Logan Paul then. And a uh, real missed opportunity. I think promoters are so crap. Uh, here's a bit you've been dreading, so I'll keep it short. The New Day versus the Viking Raiders is long as um, it goes like nearly 20 minutes, and it's like just a tag match. What is it's? I, I can't really bury it that much. This is the week, but I just a tag. Um, it's got like this constant thing running throughout it where because Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle are ringside, the Viking Raiders are the ones that are aggrieved for them being there because that's been the little few bubbling under. Whereas the New Day are just kind of trying to get on with it, but. They're naturally a distraction, you know. This is a, a tag division, so they're all competitive. Um, and this kind of they all come together because Ivar throws Kofi Kingston onto uh Drew and Riddle, and that creates the boot off that leads to the finish. Uh, Drew, and like this is always a good spot, but like he hoys one chair in the ring and then he gets another chair, it's the, like the commentary chair, which there always looks so much fun to throw. And these big men make them look really light, but you know, you imagine you stand at office chair. That'd be something to lift above your head and chuck, wouldn't it? You yes. Know? So he picks that up and he hoys it. He means to throw it at the other Viking Raider, but instead he smashes Xavier Woods in the face with it, um, and that leaves Kofi prone for the Ragnarok. The Viking Raiders get the win. That kind of feeds that feud. And I've been sort of positing on these Raw reviews lately that, like, I think there might be a new day heel turn coming. They've come back with just a little bit of an edge, a little bit of, hang on a second, like, let us, people just forgot. You know, like, and I would say yes, because you never sell any dramatic developments in your life ever. So that's why people have forgotten. 
And I wonder if this is to sort of build to that because now the Viking Raiders and Drew and Riddle are going to go off into their thing and presumably compete to be the number one contenders and all that sort of stuff. And it does freeze the new day out for the first time since they come back. I like the booking. I like the little stuff with the chair. The match was so nothing. It was excessively long. Um, I would rant about it. I would express my my fury. <laughs> but then trying to get away with it. But maybe it's not the week. Um, I can't remember out. I'm not being funny. I watched this at what about half five, six, whatever. Um, and it went twenty minutes or something. Aye, as good as. I can't remember a single thing about. It. Other than oh, they probably did the signature moves that they do. Maybe the maybe one of them was counted. Scowl break down to the floor. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't, I can't I remember. remember All I remember was watching this going, Jesus Christ. Why is this going as long as it is? And then I, and then I think I had the same. Oh, it's not the week. It's not the week. Is it a hot take to say um, that other than bizarre gimmick celebrations, the Viking Raiders don't have good matches anymore? Viking rules is goaded. That's what I mean. With that as the yeah, rule-proven yeah. exception. No, no, I think they are. I don't know how much of it is... It's near energy or spark or anything. These used to they be They used killers. to be like quite ex- more explosive. Yeah. I don't know if that's wear and tear. I think they've had injuries. They've been plagued mm-hmm. by injuries throughout this run. Or if it's just a natural decline of that your body goes through in time. I don't know if it's the fact that they've never been over on the main roster once. People were mm. mad into the Viking rules match. I can't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, there might be a multi-man here or there. Were they in the WrestleMania showcase? Mm, possibly. There'll but be five at, mo- at most. That got a really loud reaction. Yeah. That they've never been consistently over. It's a much easier way to say it. I wish I was more succinct. So I don't know if it's that where the matches could be good if the characters were over and the fans had connected with them or what. But I just find them so dull. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't they know. used to be like machines. People like the addition of Valhalla for the aesthetic of the act, but I don't think it's actually got them going. Particularly. Nah, it's mid-carders out. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Like one of my favourite live memories was they're going up against Ricochet and Alistair Black. Oh, what a match. A takeover New York. It was sensational. And when they decided, oh, we can now flip you as well, and we're bigger, so what are you going to do? Yeah. When they outdid Alistair Black and Ricochet in terms of the high-flying stuff in TakeOver, we, I was losing my mind. Yeah, an incredible yeah, match. I've been that team for a long old time. Uh, this is where we get what we were saying before, the kind of like the repetition until we get development, I guess. The Judgment Day is still uh, not communicating all that well, and Damien Priest is annoyed with Finn over the J.D. McDonough stuff. Uh, Rhea Ripley and to get it all together. She's going to go out there and speak later on. There's Judgment Day business this weekend. Come on, get your shit together. There's Bray Wyatt tribute next, which is really nice again. Really like, moving. Like, ends with, the, obviously, all the fireflies and the, the rocking chair and everything. They've done a wonderful job with these, but it's not the kind of thing you want to celebrate, is it? Just, One just, thing, sorry, we uh, haven't mentioned from our review of All In mm. is that it happened during the House of Black entrance and the Sting and Derby entrance in the coffin match. Look, I don't know if it's just going to take, right? But I really hope it does. It feels like anything with a vaguely supernatural or tint or dark aesthetic, like obviously with a coffin match, that's like Undertaker things and a supernatural, like death adjacent element or some kind of supernatural thing. Yeah. Or the House of Black with their dark gimmick and their the mythology they play with and all the rest of it. Feels like anything within that realm, because it happened twice. At All In, where the Fireflies came out, mm. maybe the ultimate enduring tribute to Bray Wyatt is that they are going to do Fireflies for everything spooky in wrestling yeah. going forward. Quite and nice a though. constant reminder of Bray Wyatt's sort of influence over that genre. Anytime there's an entrance bathed in darkness, that could be a thing now. No, I don't think it's going to take, but it would be a nice tribute. It's, a, it's sort of an unexpected legacy thing, that, isn't it? It could be quite nice. Um... Drew and Riddle go to apologise to the New Day. Um, Kofi Kingston believes that it was all an accident and that's not... You know, they kind of like make a point of saying, look, that's, we know that's not the type of guy that you are and we're not either. Um, and Drew's all focused now on the two of them handling the Viking Raiders. This is kind of what I was saying about before. Like, um, Kofi and Woods... Seeming to be okay, but progressively getting a little bit more annoyed at things. Oh, no, you didn't do it on purpose, Drew. We're, we're fine. We're cool. It's like, I don't know. I feel like Triple H doesn't put this stuff in, does he, for no reason? No. This stuff tends to get dropped. 
Um, we've Unless got, got you know, Nicky Cross and Johnny Gargano. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they picked up JD and Finn. They did after Vince went away. Yeah, uh, Gunther's out next. We were talking about him before. He, it's easy, I think, at the moment to sort of talk about Gunther as this like in ring phenomenon. He's about to smash the Intercontinental Title record. His matches are uh, simply what a higher ceiling than just about everything else in WWE. The Gable matches a five star oh, ceiling. God, I don't think that's unreasonable to say that. That's, a, that's what the story is next week. They're gonna have a five star match and kick ass. So that's yeah. like from our sort of fan circuit anyway. But he's. I think he's almost... Which was happening at Payback with knee adverts. Yeah. Well, on a quote-unquote bigger stage. I, I almost don't think he's getting enough praise as a result for his promos that I think are quite fun. He comes and he stands on the table and he holds court, and I believe it, and he's kind of like a little bit drunk on power. It's just just the right side of cartoonish WWE without compromising this yeah. character's integrity. I quite like it. Um, and he Men's. recaps what happened with... Uh, the Chad Gable lost last week, obviously only by count out, but he'd never lost before. That's 500 days gone to waste. Um, it was a championship match, but obviously Gable only won on a technicality. Uh, so in his mind, he won nothing. Gunther still got the IC title. Um, and obviously next week, Gable will get the match, but it's not going to go the same way. Gunther's still going to remain Intercontinental Champion. Chad Gable comes out to retort and says he's got full confidence that he's going to win the title next week. In the meantime, he's going to take on Ludwig Kaiser, and I guess this is the problem, really, because... What, went 18 minutes and it didn't get a finish? Just so good. Like, just unbelievable exchanges between these two. Yet again, you've still got Kaiser um, sort of doing the, like, kind of, like, fluttering the eyelashes a bit, trying to, you know, impress. And it's not just about, like, keeping Gunther happy or being this, like, super worker from Imperium. At this point, he's a bit of a shagger now. So there's that element of the character that's getting added, which is... Pretty funny, yeah. Like, and yet, there, and Gable will always be a guy that is like as much rooted to his comedic leanings as anything he's allowed to be in the ring. And yet, they're still having this ripper. It's pretty amazing. And yet, I nearly twenty minutes for DQ, kind of unacceptable to be honest. He's gotten beaten with a chaos theory, but uh, Vinci runs in and breaks it up. Oh, I was just <sighs> elements of this match were making me say, "Oh my god." Even if the crowd really wasn't saying, oh my God. Mm-hmm. and then eventually, as is sort of tradition, the fans really start to get into it and say, oh my God. and then there's a DQ. Yeah. And then I said, don't just sing my <laughs> My review of the match. Now that the chemistry's great, like, again, the gift of these matches is that you're into it when it's not that, the stakes aren't that big, but the work your way into it. Um, the work the fans into it rather, even though it's not that high stakes because the quality is so good. What particularly annoyed me about this finish, which again, I'm not that bothered. Um, it's not the week, et cetera, et cetera. He can beat Kaiser. Yeah. Why didn't he? And, uh, and I don't really get that. It's bad booking not to beat him. So not only is it bad booking ahead of next week because you want ideally, the, I, I, I hate, I kind of, I'm annoyed by how they've butchered the story like, I want this to be, God, is it Gable all along who's got Gunther's number? Mm-hmm. And they've told that story a little bit. What if it's Gable? What if it's Gable? And then the idea of it being on payback, just, it's a bigger show, ostensibly, with it being a pay-per-view, a premium live event. The idea is that there's an inherent doubt over the result, or at least a higher doubt, because of the fact that it's on a PLE. Mm-hmm. And if you beat Kaiser on the way, it's like, well, he's, He's got a chance, and he's yeah. going to do it. Because Gable's really hot. Apparently, he's moving quarter hours as well. Oh, great. But now I'm thinking, well, he can't, they won't beat him after 18 minutes in a match against Kaiser, and he's working Gunther on TV. It's like, pff, it's, it's air out the balloon stuff. Or I was really into this as well. I really was. But Especially well. Pointless match was very, very, very well worked. That's the short review. Well, as well, just to say that like the whole thing ended with Gunther smashing Gabe with a powerbomb to make it clear that he expects to retain next week when Otis and yeah. Maxine Dupree obviously was kind of like having a cheerleaf from the outside. But I like considering that Gunther was going to get the last word, I'm all the more surprised they didn't just give Gable the win here. Yeah. Um, Seth Rollins is out for his uh, promo on he wants to address everything that's going on with Shinsuke Nakamura. He says yowie wowie at first. He's got the Bray Wyatt tribute on as well. He looks like. You know, like it's been a rough few days, to be fair. Put on a good show in the face of a difficult time. Um, 
He mentions that he would have given Shinsuke Nakamura a world title shot. Um, but obviously, Shinsuke has decided to take it this way. Uh, and he's kind of like sick of him trying to take things like that. So why doesn't he just come out now? And anything that he's got left to say, because he's not he refused to be intimidated by Nakamura's like sort of dark threats of the things he wanted to do to him, why don't you just come out and say it to my face? And instead, we get yet another video package um, of Shinsuke Nakamura this time working out uh, in a, in his gym. He's doing, like, all of his martial arts. It looks absolutely fantastic, to be honest. It's when, like, a Nakamura is trying phase, I guess. And then we get some translated message from Nakamura that, amongst other things, because Seth Rollins is so weak, weak of mind, weak of body, weak of back, that he's going to continue to target this bad back that he knew about all along. So much so that uh, he's going to need his wife to help him out of bed and when his daughter gets older, he's not going to be able to walk down the aisle. Oh, my God. Uh, so good. Unbelievable production. Uh, I resent them for taking six years to do this. I know, man. Uh, unbelievable production of this. Um, Seth's got no honor, no code, no future. That's sort of the... The theory. delivery was so good. Yeah. Like, so sinister. And again, obviously, the fact that... You believe that he's going to kill the man? Yeah. And the language barrier is smashed in the way that it could have been done absolutely years ago. Uh, Seth... Refuses to be talked down to by a video package. Fair enough. He says, is that the best you've got? It's nice sort of polished work. Like, where was the killer? Where was the man that I saw in the Tokyo Dome changing the world? All that kind of thing. I guess I'm not going to get you tonight, so I'll just have to wait till payback. And then with his back turned, Nakamura strikes again from the back, targets him, smashes him in the face. Yeah, looks great. Uh, and then he's got, like, he's sort of holding him, and he's leaving him the message as he's walking out. He's holding him by the hair, holding his face up and says... I told you to watch your back. And then Bales, this was really cool, this man. This really good, like, really cool. I wish they'd done something like this. I've campaigned for ages. AEW should do it with Penta because Penta's such a good promo. I don't understand what he's saying. There's no subtitles, but he's so great. He can't speak Spanish. Do more of this and subtitle yeah. them. It's just basics. It's absolute basics. Um, this is great. One small critique, because I me. I wish... Seth Rollins had a licked his lips and went, oh, it looks like the old Nakamura finally turned up mm. as opposed to, I want to see him. Where is he? Maybe the fact that I can see him means that's it doesn't matter that Seth didn't say that. I don't know. I just, oh. so the guy's been surfing for seven years. I had to watch those seven years. <laughs> so I resent it. I wish he'd said, oh, the old Nakamura's finally returned. Because he looks like he has. And they could get away with saying that. Yeah. I think even if they're stealing the odd couple of months here, they've done a really good job of it. Oh, right. So if that's all it amounts to, it's like far from a waste it's of time. It's a work, it's fake. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes I resent being lied to, but this isn't a lie. No. Because that uh, looks like he's good, actually. We've got uh, Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens doing a, like a bit of a wacky backstage bit. It's a street fight against the judgment. A Pittsburgh street fight. They talk about like crazy things that happened in Pittsburgh. You know, it was hell in a cell and all sorts of stuff happens to Kevin Owens. Just quickly on this, because we've talked enough about the judgment in these two. Like, do you think, like, Owens, mate, was come back tonight, was, like, a little bit more distant from Sami Zayn? They've always buried in there that they're never that far away. Even when they were first reuniting, there was still that feeling of, like, that you're always meant to look for the next yeah. chapter in the story. Like, is that... I feel like that might be forthcoming. Um, maybe I was a little bit... I didn't pay attention. Okay. Seeding for WrestleMania, perhaps. Potential. That's long enough away, isn't it, that they could do it then? Oh, boy. One of the only maybe shots... Maybe it's too soon. Maybe. I don't know. I've just been asked to really like them again. I know. But it's them two, isn't it? Yeah. They're, they're the two you can do it with. Only short match on the card. Uh, a tragic irony to this because there's nothing to report from it and we don't do a skip. Tommaso Ciampa and Bronson Reed. Can you really believe them two of wrestling? Skip. Uh, Ciampa finally got it done. Uh, only went four minutes, but at least like at least he's got his win. And maybe well, it's go good for four minutes, you know. Well, uh, where are they going with him? And what does this mean for Bronson Reed? Because what are we doing? In this, oh, God, well, I, like, yeah, I don't know why I had to watch this or why <laughs> it happened again or why they thought it was a good idea to do it again when no one's cared about all the other seemingly countless times they've done this. I will say, for however many minutes I watched this, I thought, yeah, they're doing all right here. Well, it's, I, I, just, I don't care that much. Something about Bronson Reed, uh, it's not fair on him. I just think his matches are criminally boring sometimes. I don't know He's how for a man much about him, like. it's, I don't know if it's a lack of explosiveness or what, but that size is amazing. Don't his get personality. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there because he's, he's just he doesn't know much time. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I do agree. Uh, Becky Lynch has been interviewed. Um, she's going to kick Zoe's Main ass. Time? Really, nearly. She's going to kick uh, Zoe's ass tonight. It's not the easy way out to have to fight Zoe in a false count match, but she doesn't necessarily take the easy way out. And 
Says there's a steel cage coming at the weekend, so I wonder what that could be a reference to. Ah. Steel cage coming this weekend. Um, we've got uh, Rhea Ripley in an in-ring promo just before the main event. Uh, she saw the video earlier on, and yeah, she's big and she's powerful and she's strong. But weird this. I feel like I've heard this before, especially in Rhea's Australian accent. But Raquel might be big, but Rhea is Rhea bloody Ripley. Uh, I like that. Somebody should make a catchphrase out of that. Rhea bloody Ripley. That's, <laughs> That's company. You could, you could apply it to all the Australian wrestlers. It'd probably work. Yeah. I'll write that one down for Wilborn. Yeah, like yeah, I like that. Um, aye, so she's like kind of just suggesting that she's just too, simply too big a star. It doesn't matter how big physically Raquel is. And Raquel, to be fair to her, just comes straight out to answer the, the challenge, ostensibly. Um, Rhea immediately goes to the Riptide. And Raquel, showing her strength, like counters out of it yeah. with like an arm bar, sending Rhea to the floor. Dominic's in the ring, but he looks like he's just himself and bails to the floor. He wants nothing of that. I thought this was quite effective. Yeah. Like counter the the like the death blow of all the things to show, yes, I'm bigger and more powerful than you. That was the way to do it. Not bad. There we go. <laughs> Main event time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to mostly race to the finish because it was mainly about sort of two or three key beats. Oh, it was a nice video package to Terry Funk. Yeah. Just to complete the trifecta of the video packages on the show. Um, and I guess this was partial tribute to him as well. Falls count anywhere. Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark. All weapons are legal. Um, and obviously, they're going to brawl all around the building. This is mostly split up into um, three chapters where you had them fighting in the ring. Then you had them fighting in the ring with weapons as Trish Stratus interference took hold to illustrate the need for a steel cage and Becky Lynch to finally have a one-on-one to be able to deal with this problem that these two have given her. And last but not least, a big brawl on the set where people were just like flying through tables, which got you to your finish. The two things I want to isolate, uh, but, well, the one thing I want to isolate before we get to the finish was Trish Stratus lobbing in all chairs to fill the ring up for them to do loads of spots on the chairs and smashing Zoe Stark's shoot in the face with a chair. And because it wasn't necessarily part of the story, although it could become that, mm. Zoe having to uh, no-sell it, that was kind of amazing. Yeah. She took a chair in the face, as the Funker and Mick Foley did in the ECW arena. She was like, flying it, like swatting it away like a fly. Yeah. They can definitely do something with this, can't they? Because later on in the match, because Becky is dealing with this relentless interference of Trish Stratus, there is a miscommunication between the two, which allows um, uh, Becky Lynch, what was the finish? Uh, Trish. This, it was the tables materialising out of nowhere finish. Aye, the magic tables materialising out of nowhere in an ep- in a sort of area of the arena where there is just typically loads of black tarp and production stuff and things like that. The two of them want to do a double team. Um, Trish goes, uh, oh, that was it. Trish goes through a table, which leaves Zoe in complete shock, at which point Becky's able to hit the manhandle slam on her through a table and gets the win. Putting her through the table in the big spot at the end ostensibly writes Zoe out of the match. The steel cage should do that too. We are at long last done here, aren't we, with Becky and Trish on Saturday? You hear what Becky said? What's that? Even she said, oh, I've had fun. It's been too long. I'm looking forward to moving on. And Way to get you hyped. I know. It's a huge crescendo of the story. Yeah. It's right when you want to sell it, it's the big climactic encounter to go in the media and say, ah, it's taken too long, this, I want to get to the end. She does not seem happy. Is that a dig at Triple H for forcing them to go along by taking them off the SummerSlam card, do you think? Potentially. Um, Just on that, yeah, the Steel Cage match that payback, we'll preview that later this week, but um, Zoe and Trish having that miscommunication with the chair at least fed into miscommunications at the end. Do you think Trish... Sticks around to put her over on the way out after she loses to Becky. I know the match is probably so. very good. There might be something to that. I don't know if it would mean anything, but it'd be the right thing to do. And you know what? Maybe it would be better than this interminable Becky thing. Um, I thought this was quite good. Um, I saw it get praised to the hilt almost on Twitter. I wouldn't go that far. Um, so started, she's great at these she is really matches. Good. Super stiff. Feel yeah, she, everything she does look legit. Um, I was into this. It's. I think there's too much wrestling. I don't necessarily think it's a medium that should be consumed as much as it is. At least I certainly can get burned on, burned out on it quite easily, particularly after the weekend I've just had. Yeah. And it's like, if you're a WWE fan, they probably do this kind of genre in excess anyway. Um, but certainly having to cover AEW and WWE for a living, you watch Stadium Stampede, then you can't really watch this. That's fair. Yeah. Just can't. Um, for what it was, it was really well done. Through no fault of their own, really. I'd watched 
insanity unfold and this couldn't this was not remotely comparable. Do I hate the I didn't hate the tables materializing out of nowhere because it's wrestling, I should probably get used to it by now, and it made it a bit more exciting. I was like, Well hell have you how are you taking rock? Oh, there's a table there. Are you yeah. doing that? Oh, there's a table there. I like, I like tables. You know. And like <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's oh, I like a table. Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's um, you know, like Becky Becky's emotional response right before the cameras stopped rolling made you kind of respect them all getting through it really yeah it? I know like that's the thing I... presumably thinking that they were doing that was probably harder for her than a lot of the spots were for the people in stadium stampede to do yeah aye and it's just like and then that's that kind of reminder that of like was what, definitely was what this Raw was um, what did you think of this week's Raw indeed how hyped are you for payback if at all uh, you can let us know on X if you wish where can they follow you Sidge at M Sidgwick uh, you can get me at Michael Hamflit um, the aliens can find us on an X if they come back out of Earth and want to use it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's them on X. That's the aliens on X. Welcome to the podcast, the aliens. They're going to be around for yeah, a long time. They're going to be sticking around. Well, let me introduce you to a cow. Yeah. And a, what is it? An elephant. I've already started to forget. He needs to come back. Starks, um, us three. Starks, the elephant. The aliens. Judgment Daisy. Judgment Daisy. Yeah. And the aliens. Okay, it's just a nice normal guy. <laughs> Thank you, especially after that, for spending your time with us. And until next time, we will see you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.